Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, before we get into our next guest, I wanted to remind you that at ExitCoachRadio.com, you can click on Audio Library, and uh, you can listen to oh, hundreds and hundreds of interviews and one-minute highlights from our many, many fabulous guests uh, in 12 different categories, 12 different topic categories. So please go there, uh, listen from your smartphone while you're driving, while you're jogging, while you're walking, whatever, uh, and learn while, you, while you're on the go. Uh, my next guest has been with us before. I'm really pleased she came back again. Uh, Diane Ross Hansen is from Exit Planning Strategies, LLC. And Diane um, is an exit planner. Uh, she's a member of Exit Planning Institute and National Financial Partners. Uh, and Vistage uh, International as a speaker. And she's going to talk about something that we don't talk enough about, but most businesses out there, especially on the smaller side, are not going to be able to attract an, a big outside buyer or go public or some of these other things we talk about, ESOP strategies. They're going to have to have what's called an internal ownership transition. So Diane's going to, we're going to focus our today on that. And I'm Again, really pleased that you're back with us, Diane. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, Bill, to be back with you. I love your show, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> in fact, thank you. In fact, you, you mentioned uh, how you download the podcast. My goodness, absolutely, I would second that. You've got some excellent material available. Well, it's I do 10% of the work, and our guests do 90%, so get ready to do a little work. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's so fun to uh, to talk to people all over the country and the wisdom that comes my way through this show is just fantastic. So people like you, Diane, that really take your time to, to help people learn uh, about these things in little sound bites so they can, yep. they can realize that yeah, th this is a complicated topic, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, with so many different issues to consider, no doubt. And I bet you've covered every one of them. <laughs> I've tried. It was funny. Got almost, we've got a little over a thousand different pieces of information now, and so uh, actually, wow. I, I had I had forty different topic file folders, and I just changed that actually because it's too many, so I, I narrowed it down to twelve combined. Yeah, but that's I think, a good idea. I think a, I think a listener could find just about anything in there, but not enough about what we want to talk about, and that yep. is the concept of of you know I'm going to find a buyer someday, and it's going to be somebody that's going to be write me a big check, and everything's going to be wonderful. That's a myth mm -hmm. for, a, for a lot of smaller businesses, isn't it? Absolutely. And, in fact, I, I think I oftentimes will tell owners that to think that at the end of the day when you're ready to exit your company that the buyer is going to show up instantaneously at that moment with a suitcase full of cash is not a plan. It's a dream. Well, the, the, all of the people that are golfers think that they're going to get that giant check that they give Phil Mickelson when he wins a tournament, right. you know, at the end. Right, but that exactly. Is, that, and you and I have been through situations, I'm sure, over the years where buyers agonized over a sale process for many months and then it didn't go through. Uh, it, it can be very, very difficult. For, so they always need to have a backup plan. But a lot, for a lot of business owners, the best path is going to be an insider 
transaction. And mm-hmm. Tell 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 us why that makes sense for a lot of business owners. Well, I think the the reason that owners generally, if if you ask them, who is it that you would, in a perfect world, choose to transition the ownership in your business to? Many of them will say that if if money were not an issue, yes, I would like to try to figure out a way to be able to transition this business to a either my co-owner, family member, key employee group, or some combination thereof. And the reason that I think many owners have a natural orientation toward that is because they recognize that those inside successors already know the business, which means that there's less disruption. Basically, their perception is a smoother transition. Another reason that owners, I think, like to try to go that route of an internal transition is because they can more liberally negotiate a level of involvement that fits their own personal employment goals, whatever that may be. They can also, quite frankly, internal transition can be structured more tax efficiently. It, it, a lot of owners are saying, you know what, I made a vague promise to my key people, and I really need to follow through with that. So that's going to be my strategy. Maybe they want to try to reward those key individuals with the same shot at financial security that they've been able to um, aspire and, and, in fact, attain. The other thing is is that you know internal transitions often provide more loyal partners. The employees, family members are more likely to carry on the se- seller's legacy than I think they perceive an outside buyer may. So there's a variety of reasons that I think I find, in, in my experience, that owners really do – gravitate toward an internal transition. And in fact, I know you're familiar with a number of exit planning organizations out there. One did a study a couple years ago that actually showed a trend toward those internal transitions where 24% of the owners surveyed says, yep, I'm looking to transition to a child or or group of, of uh, children. 41% said we're looking to transition a key employees or a group of key managers, which represented a majority. 65% were looking to transition to either family member or key employee group. So it's, it's definitely uh, a very common strategy for many owners. And it makes a lot of sense for people to at least have this as a backup plan in case Absolutely. you cannot in case you can't find an outside buyer. But here's another thing, Diane, because you you mentioned a, a couple of different factors here, culture, familiarity with the business. The mm-hmm. financial ramifications are that you may be better off to uh, start harvesting more from the business and feathering your nest and have the mm-hmm. business at the end of a five-year period that you can then give away, at, which is mm-hmm. which is a strategy I've heard from, uh, you know, if, if you – and if you probably wouldn't give it away, but right. uh, financially, you may come out uh, uh, even or ahead by just right. backing off. And, and the other thing, though, um, and I think it's so critical these days, is your lifestyle. You can, you're able to now be a, a part-time chairman as opposed to an mm-hmm. overtime president. And I mm-hmm. think for a lot of people, they're wondering, what am I going to do if I, if I retire? A lot of people right. haven't 
haven't really thought about that. So can you address well, that? Yeah. Well, absolutely. And in fact, it's it's one of the reasons why the uh, the statistics are so uh, low as far as the number of owners that have actually committed to developing any type of a purposeful or intentional ownership transition. You and I know this is that that universal business truth is that every owner is going to leave their business. It's voluntarily or involuntarily, horizontally or vertically. They will eventually. It's either going to be in their control or out of their control. And and we've all heard the statistics as far as the tsunami of baby boomers that are going to be placing their company into a transition mode in the next 10 years. And yet at the same time, I think it was Price Waterhouse Coopers that did a study that said that less than 22%, less than one in four owners have any sort of an idea of how it is that they are going to navigate the transition of ownership in their company. For many, and again, I'm speaking to the choir here, but for many, the largest, most significant financial event in their lifetime. And yet only one in four has any sort of an idea. One in only 9%, one in in 10 have any sort of a written plan. And and I always ask, why do you think that is? You brought up uh, uh, one of the major reasons that many owners don't engage in this planning process. I divide it into two categories. One is the emotional aspect, the fear. What am I going to do when I transition? This has been my identity. This has been my self-confidence. What in the world am I going to do once I remove myself from the business? The other is basically this feeling of mortality, morbidity. If I plan for exit, it must mean that I'm, you know, heading toward the grim reaper, so to speak. Um, Just fear of the unknown, I think, for owners is one reason. The other, the logistics are we're so busy working in our business that we rarely take the time to work on the business. We've heard that before. We think, yeah, you know what, we got plenty of time. Oh, you know what, when I'm ready to sell, I know that there's going to be a buyer out there. Or the owner says, you know, I don't want to pay for that expertise, or I don't really even know how to go about this, so I'll just push it, kick it, kick it down the road a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. It's not like they don't have anything else to do right now. Right. <laughs> even if that's <laughs> even if they're playing golf and enjoying their lifestyle, thinking about the end of anything is always a difficult task, and and there's, this is not simple because it involves people. It involves promises. It involves their image and their emo- mm-hmm. their their whole. They're all tied up in this thing. So, mm-hmm. what are some of the the uh, the typical? We, we talked about some of the challenges. What are some of the mm-hmm. other typical challenges that you see with internal transactions? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, great question. There's not that many. I I would categorize them into a couple major ones. And the first one. You know, when you think, when an owner thinks of an internal transition to a family member, to a key employee group, I often ask, you know, what do you think is the biggest challenge? And the answer always is imminent and very quick. And that is, is <laughs> they don't have any money. Right. <laughs> Rarely do your internal, trans, your internal successor come to the table with any amount of substantial capital, nor are they in a position where they're likely very bankable. 
with your traditional financing options. So lack of capital is the number one challenge for internal transitions. The second is tax inefficiency because the reality is, and this is, this is something that a lot of owners, and we work with them to get them to understand this, a lot of owners have to understand that some percentage of that transaction is going to be seller-financed. And in fact, what the goal under those circumstances is to try to minimize the IRS's take when in fact the company is the golden goose that's going to be financing some portion, I'm not saying all, but some portion of that ownership transition. And what it involves is having them understand the benefit of discounted stock price and and making up the difference between fair market value of their business interest and discounted stock with tax-efficient payment to the owner. For example, highest defensible lease payment, um, consulting fee, director fee, whatever the case may be. If we can have that dollar from the corporation taxed less, it's going to be much more efficient. So the challenge is no money, tax inefficient, and we have to help the owner understand the true benefit of discounted stock price. That's, that's the biggest challenges. You, you just said that as clearly as I have ever heard it, Diane. It's, it's a, lot of, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of owners go, what do you mean reduce the value of the company? We're, we're talking about tax inefficiency, as you say, and yes. they have to think about streams of income that will come directly from the company to make up for that so that you lose a whole layer of taxes. And there, there's a lot, you know, that's a whole other interview about how, that's, how that structure works. But it's so important for them to understand we're not trying to take money out of your pocket. We're trying exactly. to min- minimize the cash flow uh, tax hit because if you burden the cash flow of the company with a lot of taxes, you may not have a company down the road. It's hard enough to, to run a company under normal circumstances. And, you know, try adding a, another uh, payment, another layer of taxes to, to buy out an owner, right? Absolutely. Or rather than being able to depart the business with their goal of five years or seven years, it's going to end up taking them 10 or 12 or 13 years, neither of which, you know, is is a good idea. The, The whole concept between exit planning resource is to be able to help the owner understand realistically what their options are, make more informed decisions, and basically depart their company on their own timetable under their own terms. I think that's what any of us in this specialty field are trying to help the owner achieve. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. We're not magicians. Um, you know, we're, <laughs> but we do, have, we do have some tricks up our sleeves. <laughs> so let's exactly. talk about that. So what are some of the most common strategies and techniques yeah. that you're seeing used out there? A great question again. You know, on an internal transition, and, and one of the points I'll go back to, and that is, is that you said that that even if an owner decides, okay, well, I'm going to develop a plan to transition to an in my internal successors, of course, any of these 
always give the owner the flexibility that if that white knight, in fact, should show up with a suitcase full of cash, we want to give the owner the ability to take advantage of that, if that suits his or her objectives, of course. But so when we're talking about developing internal transition strategies, to my experience, to, to, within my experience, there's, there's, there's a few. The owner can choose to gift stock, certainly very common in family transition plans. They can bonus stock. My recommendation is always that whether it be a gift or a bonus of stock, that that be tied to some type of performance metric rather than just an outright gift. I think entitlement mentality is so prevalent when it's just arbitrarily gifted. So gifting or bonusing. Installment sale is another option if the successors have the capacity for outside financing, maybe even SBA loans, which are certainly more liberal than some of the traditional bank uh, financing. So installment sale is another. Management leverage, leverage at buyout is one possibility. If the, if the successors understand the value of smart money, they want to go out and bring in private equity dollars, which, of course, can increase the professionalism, the growth strategy, the performance of the company. You and I know that private equity firms control billions of capital for investment, which they can structure either as senior, subordinated, equity debt, or some combination for the benefit of a management buyout. So that's another. Um, phase, two-phase transfer where a gradual transition occurs before the owner actually gives up majority control is another. ESOP, which you've addressed many times, an employee stock ownership plan on an internal transition is, is another option. And finally, the, the last one that comes to mind is like a recapitalization. Some will refer to it as an old company, new company. Basically, a, a, a strategy that separates the capital structure of the business with the op business operation where the owner and the successors basically become partners in sharing profit in the new organization. So strategies, gifting, mm-hmm. uh, um, bonusing stock, installment, management leverage buyout, two-phase transfer, ESOP, recapitalization, old company, new company. Those are some of the more common strategies that I see owners utilizing or at least evaluating when trying to develop their plan. Well done. And, you know, that that just illustrates uh, to our listeners that there are a lot of rocks on the beach. You know, some are you've got to turn over all these rocks. Some of them are going to be jewels and some of them are just going to stay rocks. But it really mm-hmm. takes someone who's navigated this to to walk through and say let's talk about all these because you're not going to like all of these strategies i can Mm -hmm. guarantee you as a business owner as a matter of fact there's a lot of them we talk about that almost never do owners like them but sometimes they are the jewel and sometimes they they really love them and so it's important to to understand that uh just if if someone comes to you with just a straight installment sale that's Mm -hmm. would you say that's probably the most expensive and risky of all of the above? 
Oh, absolutely. Highly dependent upon the successors being able to continue favorable cash flow. Um, in fact, that installment sale is probably one of those mechanisms that actually brings a lot of owners back into day-to-day operations of the business, unless they have vetted out the capability and given the successors the opportunity to really lead and, and, and prove their ability, which is another challenge that owners often have because there's so much financial dependence on the performance of the company, on the cash flow of the company. That's, a, that's one reason why they're very hesitant to give that successor group the ability to say, okay, you run with this. Let's see how you do. Well, 85% of their lifestyle is tied, supported lifestyle is tied up in, in the cash flow of the business. So it's difficult. That's another reason that owners find it difficult to, to mentor and to develop that next generation of owners, which, as you and I know, should be one of their primary tasks. Work Absolutely. their way out of mm-hmm. a job. Work their way out of a job. And you're exactly right. It's, it's making yourself less important to the day-to-day, but that doesn't mean that you do nothing. Then you have another task, and that is to, to uh, increase the value of the business, spend your time doing things that will make the business more valuable. And that, of course, mainly includes working with your people to make sure they can weather any storms that are ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great stuff. Um, now, um, would you say... Now, we talked about why owners might prefer an internal ownership transition, but let's mm-hmm. just touch on that one more time. With all of these tools uh, available, um, we talked about the fact that uh, they can maintain their culture. It, mm-hmm. Everybody's already familiar with it. Financially, it could work out even better for the owner in the long run, especially if the business mm-hmm. is growing. And mm-hmm. the lifestyle component. What would you say the the first task that owners should think about? Let's say it's five years before their planned exit, which mm-hmm. we all know is is like twenty four months before their when they think it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say they should start working on first? Sure. You know, a, a couple of just uh, logistic aspects that I think every owner needs to start with regardless of how long and whom they're eventually going to transition to. The first is to identify what that figure is that they need, monetary figure that they need in order to enjoy financial independence. What's that figure? Because until they can identify that, There, again, that fear factor sits in the back of their mind thinking, oh, well, I can't retire. I'll never have enough to be able to retire. And that's what keeps them in their seat and, and avoiding this whole process of exit planning. So for an owner, one of the first steps, understand what that financial figure is that's going to give them the freedom to be able to enjoy the lifestyle that they would like. That's, that's one of the first steps. The second step that I always suggest in this process is we have to understand what is the value of the business. Yes, it typically represents 75 to 85% of most owners' net worth. We know that. But what is that figure? Because you and I know the value of a business can have five different figures on the same day depending upon who's doing the valuation and for what purpose. But the benefit 
of identifying what that company is worth from an outside independent source is because it helps educate, again, the owner on what drivers positively and negatively are going to need to be worked on in order to get the company ready for that transition. So, again, whether it be five or ten years. So the two things I would say that every owner has to start with, when do you want to be out, what's that figure for financial independence in your situation, and that's unique to every owner, and then thirdly, what is the value of the company, and is there a gap between what you need and what your financial resources currently illustrate? Beautifully put and perfectly worded. It's exactly right. You need to know your targets and you need to know where you are and what's the gap in between those those uh, numbers. Diane, how do our listeners um, best get in touch with you? My website is www.exitplanstrategies.com. That's probably the best place. All of my information, what sets us apart. I, I heard a term that you might appreciate, and maybe, Bill, you've heard this before, but I, but I heard someone mention that the true value of an exit planner, if you will, is that they are solution agnostic, meaning that, that as an owner, their goal is to try to build out an advisory team that is solution agnostic. It allows the owner to be at the center of the planning and, and basically reap the benefit of a variety of, of professional expertise. But, again, uh, exitplanstrategies.com, where you can basically find out everything there is to know about our firm and, and my background. Certainly appreciate the question. Yeah, and I've, I've been to the website. It is a tremendous resource uh, if you're listening to this, you need to go to that website, exitplanstrategies.com. Just dig around and learn about uh, uh, someone who's been a, an expert in the field um, who can help you understand clearly, clearly uh, what this is all about. Just do it. Um, Diane, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure again to have you on, and you're welcome back anytime. You know that. So I uh, look, look forward to the next time we speak. And again, uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill. All right. We're going to take a real quick break here. We'll be right back, so please stay with us. You're listening to one of many shows on ExitCoachRadio.com. We're interviewing advisors, authors, and thought leaders for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. If you'd like to be a guest on any of our shows, go to guest.exitcoachradio.com. Exitcoachradio.com. Come listen for a minute. To ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50 plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well planned. We upload new one minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. 
fun day today. Thanks so much for staying with us, and uh, I hope you learned something. I certainly did, and uh, look forward to our next show where we'll have another wide variety of guests who can help you, our hero, the private business owner, become well-planned. Thanks very much to Julie Tabazon, keeping everything on task, keeping all the audio going and all the guests online. Uh, We look forward to the next time we speak with you. And in the meanwhile, uh, please, please plan ahead and get ahead. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 